Coffee with Humans is live, candid conversations between strangers who become friends. Made possible with your support. Subscribe, share, and comment on your favorite platform. Get Coffee with Humans mugs and more. Links are at coffeewithhumans.com. Thanks for joining me. Well, we are live here with Coffee with Humans, where strangers become friends with my new friend, Jacqueline. Jacqueline, welcome to Coffee with Humans. Hello. Have you now, here's welcome to Coffee with Humans. Now, here's here's something interesting. I did notice your your last name, and I try to make no I, I try to make no references or have any information about people before they sign uh, before before we get on this uh, this call, which I find fascinating, uh, and I hope you do too. Mm -hmm. uh, but I recognize that last name, and before the before the broadcast, you you did give me a hint and said that uh, I might I might somehow. How how do I recognize that last name? Give me the deets. Uh, I think it was two weeks ago. My mom was on the same same thing. So when you asked where I was from, I told you that I was about twenty feet to the left of there. <laughs> okay, that's that's right. Now, uh, she do I recall? Was she going on a trip? Mm -hmm. Yeah, she just got back from Costa Rica a couple of days ago, actually. Oh yes. <laughs> That's what it was. I was. Do you, do you know how the trip was? It was lovely. She loved it. Okay. Do I recall also that she does things with scouts? This one wasn't with scouts, but she yeah, a lot of trips she goes on her in scouts. Oh, interesting. And are you involved in that generally? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm an Eagle Scout and other things. An Eagle Scout. Mm -hmm. That's cool. I love it. I knew an Eagle Scout um 20 more than 20 years ago super smart super smart kid mm -hmm. so uh you must be then for our viewers and listeners uh you know i've i've just met jacqueline here and the i don't know or i didn't know where it was located other than um i saw the area code so i kind of believed that might be around us which is in northern illinois true yes awesome Cool. Well, welcome to Coffee with Humans. Pretty exciting to have you here. Uh, I, I am curious, what inspired you to click the button to have coffee with me? Well, so I watched your mom, or I watched my mom do it, and she had a great time. And I'm all about uh, just hanging out with strangers. Uh, those yeah. kind of major presentations were never really for me, anyways. So <laughs> I was like, why not have a thirty minute conversation with somebody? I don't know. <laughs> right, a stranger. <laughs> Well, this is, uh, yeah, this is fun. So, uh, again, it's great to have you here. When you first signed up, you, you I ask a handful of questions in the sign-up stuff, and people give all sorts of answers, give a, give a range of answers. And you you gave um, uh, an answer. So I said, what, what are some topics that are recently on your mind? You talked about education, gender, use of the internet, fear, how it leads to hate. Uh and then, and then there's this question I like to ask, which is, if your life were a novel, what would one of the chapters be called? And you wrote much ado about nothing. Which um, are you? In, are you uh, in theater? Yes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Because I was trying. To, I was. I was thinking about the reference to much ado about nothing, and I was like, I think only theater folks get that. <laughs> so where's where's that come from? Uh, where does the title come from? Yeah, this much ado about nothing thing. Where's where's that sit with you? So when I was like fifteen, uh, 
I, I was in some really, really hard classes. And also at the same time, my dad died. And then we had this, um, uh, a class during my history class, we talked about Taoism and, yeah. uh, Taoism it's part of it is kind of like letting what will happen happen. And it's, it's much more nuanced than I gave it credit for as a 15 year old. Uh, and so I was like, oh, I get it. Nothing matters. <laughs> and then I looked into nihilism and uh, I read a little bit about it. And basically, I just read like the thesis of like a couple of books. And I was like, I'm an expert now. Nothing matters. I'm not going to do anything about it. Uh, realized about a year later that I was like, man, this sucks. Uh, and so I started caring about things again on purpose, though. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, I don't. This this uh, the the path to caring about nothing. Um, where did that develop? Was that because your dad? Partially my dad. Partially I had like forty to fifty uh, missing assignments at the moment, uh, or like late assignments. So I was yeah. like, well, if I don't care, then they don't matter. They did. Uh, <laughs> true that quite a bit. I did them all though. I'd like, yeah, eight, and I did them all in one night. It was awful. <laughs> How did you go about uh, getting the getting the um, motivation back to to go ahead and take care of those assignments? Because that's a big deal. You're not the only person who struggles with that, and yeah, and it, I mean, adults that are probably have thirty years on you struggle with the same stuff. And here's the thing is that I'm very much a sprinter when it comes to uh, doing work. So okay. maybe I didn't do any work all semester, but I did um, in one night do like, it was, I think, 36 hours of video lectures sped up to quadruple speed that I had to take notes on. I love it. <laughs> uh, and I wrote three essays and I read all of the Federalist papers in that night. Yeah. <laughs> of which there are like 80 and, Do you need well, the? I'm sorry. Go ahead. And I got an A in the class. <laughs> really? Wow. So, you, do you need the the pressure of a timeline to be able to kind of kick you into gear? I used to. Okay. Um, and the, partially. So, what I've done is I realized, like, hey, if I'm gonna, you know, wait until the last minute to do something. Maybe I should just change when the last minute is and set a goal to do it beforehand. I felt so creative. And I was like, oh, man, I just reinvented planning things. But <laughs> <laughs> well, they talk about uh, that some some high performers actually need um, need deadlines to mm -hmm. focus thoughts because many, many people and I actually think I might be one of them. I get so wrapped up in thoughts in my um, have you ever seen those? You, you seem like a pretty smart kids. So. Um, the, the, the movie, the, the videos where they take like, um, it's not lead, but maybe aluminum or something like that. And they pour it down on anthill yeah. and, uh, mm -hmm. you know, right. And then they dig this thing up and there's all these chambers and such. That's what I feel like sometimes my mind is, <laughs> and I've got all these chambers and it's, you just drop me in one little part and then brrr, I thought through mm -hmm. all of these things. And sometimes I can get lost in that. And what I've, what I've heard and I think that's pretty true in my own life that sometimes the, the power of the deadline uh, helps me cut through all the stuff that doesn't matter and focus all the thoughts down into the thing that does. 
And meanwhile, yeah. all the time spent, quote unquote, procrastinating was really my mind subconsciously and even some, sometimes consciously exploring all of the pathways to figure out what it wanted to bring forward into kind of into that fun in the penultimate moment. Mm-hmm. I use a fancy word. There's a concept. Uh, and I think it's called like Samuelson's law or something okay. that uh, a project will take as long as you give yourself time to do it for. <laughs> so yes, that's true. You know, yeah, I'll get that done by next week. I'll probably wait until the like next week to do it. Or I'll like, you know, kind of like, oh, I guess I should probably work on that and type like three sentences of it. And then, you know, do that for a week where it's like, yeah, I'll have that done by tonight. I'm just going to yeah. have to do it all by tonight. Cause that's, that's when I told myself I would do it. <laughs> yeah. The principle of work expands to fill the time allotted. Mm-hmm. I was watching a, um, not, that's not true. I wasn't watching anything. Mm-hmm. Um, I ran over a gigantic beaver this morning on my bike ride. That's Ooh. what I was watching. Like a massive, like uh-huh. massive beaver, at, uh, on the bike path. I was just tooling around. I've got clipped in pedals and stuff. And I was, I was tooling around and this massive, massive beaver came flying out and i hit him and and then he like bumped me i, I wasn't gonna run over him he's like as big as a rock mm-hmm. and i bumped him i almost went into the river which would have been interesting and then he scurried around and 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 ended up and but the the thing i was listening to when i hit this massive beaver was a book by michael hyatt called free to focus okay. where he talks about uh productivity and the myth of productivity, where the more productive we become, the more uh, the more stuff we tend to do, mm-hmm. rather than folk, rather than than productivity being this idea of let's consider all the things we shouldn't be doing, so that we actually free our minds up to be creative, to be fully engaged in the mm-hmm. task at hand, rather than overwhelmed by you know the forty assignments that we need to do, uh, yeah. you know all at the last minute. Yeah, what when I'm not on a deadline, I'm very much like a over the top kind of person where I'm like, yeah, I'm I could just do these guided notes, but what if I improved upon them? Uh and so that deadline definitely helps me cut down on, you know, I've got 40 assignments to do and 16 hours to do them. I ought to just do them. <laughs> Right, exactly. Do you practice time blocking at all? You seem like a pretty forward thinker. Um, and t- time blocking is this principle. I, I actually just learned it several years ago, um, which feels, I, I don't, it's not anything to be shameful about, but I I feel like really, I just, just learned that four years ago, or a couple of years ago. The um, Time blocking is where look at every task, figure out the amount of time it takes, and then just block it off on the calendar. So it's going to take three hours. You just block it off on the calendar. Um, and then you suddenly know within a sk- the scope of a week exactly where that time is, is going to be spent. Mm-hmm. And you can always do less. You can always take less time for sure. And then if something takes more time, you block off the extra time available as well. So you always have time for the tasks. And then you just simply you know move move through them. But it seems like that's kind of like the next level on, you know, when you're trying to break down all the, yeah, all the assignments, all the stuff that has to be done. <laughs> I will probably do something like that when I'm in college. But this yeah. last semester uh, was the, the teachers were lowering the bar on how much homework there was. And I was spending more time in each class. So 
I didn't really ever have to do homework this semester. Uh, but otherwise, I probably would have done something similar. Yeah. Yeah. Like keep on top of the deadlines. What Just, was that like uh, with the the lowering of the bar of all of the work that needed to be done? It was weird because, you know, I like you said, I'm like smartish. Uh, and so, you know, the teachers were lowering the bar because it's honestly a hard year, especially for the students that can't come into class in person. It's just hard to kind of glean that information from the internet. And so, you know, the homework was easier. There was less homework. But at the same time, there was kids who still weren't doing it. Um, and I, I understand that like people aren't going to do stuff if you're, if you're making them work too hard, but also, uh, I don't necessarily think that's always the problem is the class being too hard. Hmm. I think there Why are, do you say that? there are occasionally just people who aren't interested. There was a couple students this year who never showed up to class. And the the principal was saying, like, make class easier for them. That's how you get them to show up. And they'll never know. <laughs> yeah, I think this the idea that making things easy uh, suddenly somehow like encourages someone who doesn't want to do work to do work. Mm -hmm. I don't think I don't understand the I don't understand how those two things somehow are related. Either yeah. I think motivation and amount of stuff to get through are two two different things right mm -hmm. i mean a person can be can be uh at, kind of sort of motivated like and have an average amount of motivation and plow through a ton of stuff it just might take them more time versus a person who's highly motivated they might plow through a ton of stuff in a short period of time but you can't take a person who's who has no motivation no desire I mean, to your mm -hmm. point of this nihilism thing, a person who's a nihilist, you can't, you, you, you can't motivate them into, into caring. So, so why, well, I don't, I, I'm not sure what the, dis, the, dis, the disconnect is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, a lot of kids were like, well, I don't care. And so now they have to retake a class. Yeah. It seems like it seemed like COVID was a good excuse to yeah. um, slack off, and I get it. I mean, mm -hmm. I, I think I think globally. Well, I shouldn't say globally. Um, at least in in Western society, it seems like there was a, a sort of a motivation to relax a bit around mm -hmm. around work and all the things that we filled our lives with to do. That ultimately, what you know, maybe maybe some of it didn't matter, or matter it mattered in sort of some sort of marginal way, mm -hmm. but it wasn't super fulfilling to ourselves, and we felt like we were in a rat race, and so it was good to just be like, "Great, finally somebody tells me I have to stay home." Um, you know, it's the it's the uh, it's that thought about you know, there's no there's no like uh, summer breaks, you know, yeah. when you when you become an adult and start working, and it's pretty true, you know, mm -hmm. that we just continue on and on and on and and we're like great when like when do i get to stop this and the answer is never mm -hmm. it it reminds me of um there was a survey done that uh said 
uh, pe people who are working from home this year spent like 10% more time not paying attention or going to the bathroom or, you know, walking around, you know, basically not doing work. Uh, but people working from home were actually um, over 20% more productive over this quarantine. Uh, so it's like we we were like more relaxed, but when we sat down and got to it, we were actually, you know, faster. It's almost like we, it's like an exhaustion thing, I think, where it's kind of before it's like, yeah, just keep chugging along slowly. And here it's kind of like, yeah, go at your own pace when you've got the it was I think Mark Twain said once um, some days when you got it, you got it. And some days when you don't got it, you don't got it. And uh, you just have right? to do what you can on the days you got it. <laughs> well, it goes back to that book that I was uh, listening to today as I was riding around, ride, riding my bike. Um, the there was a there was a I can't remember I don't know if it was Germany or wherever they actually cut the work hours to six hours six hours a day instead of eight, and they mm -hmm. found that employees uh, accomplished just as much in six hours than eight. Only their 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 health and set, uh, life satisfaction went up. Because mm -hmm. it, I think there there is a there is a tipping point even for people's energy where it's like I cannot do that that whatever that thing is I cannot do that uh, any longer, you know it's like you know you staying in the house you know some people like to stay in the house mm -hmm. um, indefinitely type of thing, but for the most for most people in my experience after you just spend you spend just so much time in the house you're like I've got to get out of here. I've got to get outside. I've got to go mm -hmm. do something. I've got to see people. And I feel like that type of um, that type of experience happens, you know, when we go to a workplace, it's like, okay, I'm going to be here for the next, you know, eight hours or more in some cases. Mm -hmm. And to what, to what benefit when there's, when I'm, I'm actually working, spending all this time here, because I want to go do something over there in some cases. Yeah. And that's silliness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's difficult when your main motivation is I have to do this so that I cannot do this anymore. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, so this, uh, this nihilism thing, um, how's this get, get back to your, to education and fear? Because you, you were also talking about, you're, I mean, you're talking about some heavy topics. Uh-huh. I'm and I'm gonna go out on a limit here and say you're a pretty young guy. So yeah. okay. So uh as a as a young person, education, fear, nihilism. Yeah. I mean, that's that's these are big, these are big things that some people don't 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 deal with until later in life. how's this all circle around for you? So circa when I was 15, um, you know, after I had started all this nihilism stuff, I was like, you know what? It's really not all it's cracked up to be. Uh, and so I was like, you know, let me go back to where it all, you know, where I got the idea from. And I looked into Taoism and I was like, who knew it was more nuanced than I thought. Um, and a lot of Taoism is not necessarily nothing matters, but more so let what matters to you matter um yeah so it's it's more about when you feel called to do something 
that would be an appropriate time to do something. Um, uh, and it calls back to like that uh, Mark Twain phrase that I mentioned. Uh, and so I took that and I was like, okay, so maybe doing schoolwork is good as long as I feel motivated to do schoolwork. There's no harm in it. <laughs> um, and so my school has this thing where they don't have deadlines. It's like this new, like, trendy initiative. Uh, oh, yeah? Yeah. I don't love it. <laughs> but, uh, uh, it was sort of useful in the sense that, like, you know, if I'm doing this when I feel called to, I can turn in something a couple of days late if I'm, you know, not feeling like doing work one day. I'm just like, okay, I'll wait and then do it tomorrow. When tomorrow comes, I'll get that done. And it worked out great this semester. Um, I just, I especially, we had like a hybrid thing going on. So I was in person one day and then out of, like at home the next day. And I would do, I would just plow through classwork as fast as I could on the days that I was here or at, at school. And then on the days that I was at home, I would just kind of long into class and I was like, well, I'm done with the work and just kind of roll over. <laughs> um, so the no deadline thing though, that's, uh, I'm, I'm curious about this ed the education, uh, this education component. I was re I was, um, what was I listening to? Oh, I was either watching or listening to something maybe a week or two ago. And they talked about how, um, like in school, they, they say, don't work, you know, uh, do, do your own work. Don't ask for help or like, you know, don't, don't uh, copy off each other and all this other stuff. Mm -hmm. And, and, and then when you get to the, and, and that's like, um, and if you do, you're a cheater. Um, but when you get to the workplace, then mm -hmm. if you, if you did that, then you'd say, then we'd say you're collaborative. <laughs> right. And, and, and it's, and it's interesting that there is this this um disconnect it seems between how the education system operates and how you know quote unquote the real world operates mm -hmm. no deadlines that's not a thing like in right this is why school, i don't it's like you have to have a deadline and now i gotta go to college and i'm gonna be like yeah i just turn this in by wednesday and i'll be like yeah but wednesday is more of like a like a suggestion right and they'll be like no turn it in by wednesday <laughs> yeah Totally. Yeah. I've, I've got a, I've got some college courses right now, but, um, they, uh, the, the class opens up on Wednesday. You have to turn, turn all of your stuff in by Tuesday. If you don't, it, you'd get a zero for that week, mm -hmm. nothing. And, and no exceptions. And they even say, if you have internet problems, that's your own fault. You need to figure out how to have good internet, which is like, well, duh. I mean, that's, that's exactly what people need to do in the workplace. It's like, I, I don't know. I was years ago. I was, I was 20, maybe 19. I don't know. I was, I was a, a supervisor at Best Buy and a, and a guy, one of my employees came up to me and says, he says, I need a raise. And I was like, How do, why do you need a raise? And he <laughs> said, well, I got to get snow tires for my car. <laughs> and I was like, your car is not my issue. <laughs> I, 
nobody, I, I didn't, they're not my snow tires. They're not the company's snow tires. Uh, is there something you're doing better at your job? Could, like, give me something concrete from a work perspective, mm -hmm. not, not just because you need snow tires. Right. Yeah. And I'm trying to think of a parallel because I'm, I know there is one with education where it's, I've had a couple of teachers who uh, brought a lot of like their personal life into the classroom and let it kind of, well, actually it was just the one teacher. Uh, okay. Who, he was going through some stuff and he would talk about it during class and we weren't able to learn anything because the whole time he would, you know, be talking about this instead of how to diagram a sentence. Uh, so it was a little it's bit of rough. It's got to be rough. I, I had a teacher, I was recounting a story the other day to, to someone mm -hmm. about a teacher from uh, who is great grade school. And I was terrified. Mm -hmm. uh, I may or may not have had a shoe thrown at me once. Um, and I don't think it was directed towards me, but I was terrified of this individual. And and uh, she turned, you know, she was going through some rough times in her life, but I didn't know as a fifth grader or sixth grader or whatever. Right. I, was, I had no idea. Like, all the, the like, you know, she was, she was barely human. She was a teacher to me at that age, mm -hmm. just like this mystical, <laughs> this mythic creature of teacher, you know, and mm -hmm. I, and, it, and I couldn't even process that, you know, teachers had lives. It was one of, it was, it was that age where it's like, you walk through like a, a the grocery store or something like that, and you're your teacher's there. You're like, what? What is, she doing? what is she doing here? <laughs> I mean, but yeah, I mean, teach to everybody's got lives and it plays and it works its way out. You know, it works its way out into all circumstances, just like, you know, the, this, the, the mythic idea that, you know, nothing matters isn't ab is absolutely not true. Nobody actually mm -hmm. believes that. Um, and, and yet there's the things, well, so, some things matter more than others. And a lot of things that we think matter, don't matter there's a there's the saying of if it, if it's not going to matter five years from now don't give it five minutes today mm -hmm. yeah and i i like that but i feel like there's like you can personally assign however much you know uh importance you want to most things mm -hmm. um and so you know maybe there's something that you know won't matter five years from now but you know, if it gives you uh, like 10 minutes of, of joy to, you know, do this, you know, it won't matter in five years that I had in Arizona today, but I do certainly like having an Arizona tea once in a while. So, you know, it doesn't necessarily matter, but I can put some, some isthmus on it if I want to, uh, you know, I'm going to take some extra time out of my day and Drinking Arizona tea. <laughs> yeah, to like to be present with your current reality to make mm -hmm. a better life, to make a balanced life, to make life what you want it to be, because we all have that we all have that power and authority to make life what we want it to be. There's a Japanese art style called Enso. Okay. Um, and it's it's about being present and when you do it, it's the goal is to put all of your focus and all of your thought into just this one painting and it's actually you just paint a circle but like as quickly and as smoothly as you can 
Um, they look really cool. You should look it up sometime. E-N-Z-O. So you paint a circle as quickly as you can. Mm -hmm. And so you like focus in for like 10 minutes and you pull up your paintbrush and you just whoop. And what is the, all right, Enso Zen. And what is the principle behind that? The the idea that your full focus is in the present. So you're not, you know, when you're doing it, you're not thinking about whatever happened last week. You're not thinking about what's going to happen, you know, two weeks from now. Your only goal in life at that very moment is to paint a circle. Um, mm -hmm. And whatever thoughts come to you in that moment will kind of like, you know, come to you and pass through your brain and then go. But it's it's like a meditation almost. Yeah. I have I have uh, a lot of respect for the um the the older cultures like a lot of Asian cultures that have been around for thousands of years mm -hmm. because there's a simplicity I think to there's a holistic if I can say it this way there's like a holistic simplicity yeah to certain areas of thought and the mind and the body and the spirit that it sort of gets mucked up when we overlay things like achievement or productivity or something like that, that we tend to, yeah. you know, tend to, to put into West, into Western cultures. Yeah. And I, I agree with that. There's a lot of old practices that I really enjoy because I, you know, try them out once in a while. Uh, I think that if we were less wrapped up in, you know, getting things done, and more wrapped up in doing things that we liked, I feel like we would get more stuff done. <laughs> how has this, uh, how have these thoughts impacted your, uh, what, what you see your future as? Because I, I, my, uh, my perception is that you've had, you've had some, some circumstances, you know, that you didn't ask for that were difficult to make it through mm -hmm. that led you into sort of a, a dark night of the soul thing, which everybody gets the privilege of going through. Um, and, and then you've sort of turned the corner on that. Some new thoughts have sunk in that have reshifted. I'm given this perception that somehow reshifted your, the kind of the paradigm in which you want to live your life in the present and the future. What is that paradigm and how does that play out from a practical standpoint? So it was very much, um, you know, back when I was like 12, 13, I was like, yeah, I'm just going to become an engineer because A, I'm smart enough to be an engineer and B, they make a lot of money. So that thought those are the only two things I need to do for a job. Uh, and then, you know, as I a little bit older, uh, kind of, you know, went through my little journey, uh, I realized that like. I don't think I want to be an engineer, actually. It would probably be cool. There'd be things about it I would like, but that's not what I want to do. Uh, and and uh, I decided that I really liked music. And so I was like, you know, it would be a great idea. Teaching music to other people and giving them that gift to to share. And so I've always made this joke with my choir teacher. And I was like, you know, I could have been a rich engineer and you taught me about my passions in life. <laughs> Why? 
be a starving artist, but <laughs> yeah, maybe. Well, I'm going into education, so I'm not too worried about it. But uh, yeah, that's it's interesting that you the the path that you were on. It sounds like, uh, which was just kind of like the hey, you know, this just seems like a good you know life path. Mm-hmm. Took a kind of a hard left. Um, and 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 in, in traumatic events had a reset had a recentering effect mm-hmm. on what you what you actually wanted to do and what kind of made you come alive, which in, in your case is music. Yeah. Yeah. I, mm. I think it's definitely, you know, one of those things where you can, you know, diverge from the past as much as you want, but like when you see something that you want to do like that, you just have to kind of know that like, okay, I'm going to make mistakes and get, you know, distracted from this once in a while, but this is where I'm going to refocus and it doesn't matter, you know, if I do make mistakes, I'll just have to work my way through that and get to this end goal. Gotcha. Yeah. So, so you've, you've, uh, recentered yourself on a new, new focus, which has now impacted what you want to do from, edu- from a education standpoint and from a career standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, how has this impacted you you've moved from the nothing matters model to the know what matters yeah model which uh it's it's a kind of a razor thin edge between saying no to everything and saying no to the things that don't matter mm-hmm. um it seems you're probably working that through too on what you know what really matters to you yeah and uh it's been it's been unique cuz i've i've always been able to kind of have very unique or like specific control over my emotions. Uh, but I feel like there's a balance to be struck between, you know, I don't care about this anymore. I'm not going to care about it. And being like, you know what, this was important. So I'm going to, you know, feel how I want about this for a little bit and then I'll deal with it later. You know, I, yeah. I heard that like, uh, you know, crying does nothing and i don't cry but like uh you know being sad for a little bit doesn't hurt anything you know if you got something sad going on in your life you can just be sad for a little bit and then you know yeah you know you you want to give yourself a span of time that's appropriate but if you if you're able to just not be sad anymore you should probably give yourself some of that time to work through it though you know what I mean? Well, there's this idea that that um, no emotion goes undealt with. The it, it, you can pack it down, but it's just going to come back with a vengeance. Mm-hmm. And um, I I know that to be true for sure. And I mean, nobody likes sad emotions. I don't think. Um, I don't. But yet, some of the greatest power comes from that. You know, gr- some of the greatest energy is in is in sadness. And it, it in fact, oh, you know, a, a number of good musical works and yeah. uh, have been have been birthed out of people's sadness, mm-hmm. not their joy. Yeah. And, and it's no emotion goes on dealt with. And it's definitely like, you know, if you're able to just, you know, stop being sad. 
And it's probably not super healthy to just, you know, I'm not going to be saying about this. Um, and more just like, hey, I'm going to be saying about this and kind of, you know, try to be sad about this for this X amount of time. And I'll try to get through all of this sadness at once. It's like a speed run almost. <laughs> yeah, I I found that... Um... I've I've found that there has to be a level of patience involved, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. The, the the patience to allow the unfolding um of whether whether you, whether it's kind of like the the caterpillar turns into the butterfly, you know, it kind of has to go away for a while to completely mm-hmm. change form, um, or whether it's the unfolding of a flower, you know, where it's like it it began as just you know kind of just this ball at the end of a, a stem and then it gradually unfolds and there are different layers that come out until it reaches its you know full you know beauty there is an also also an unfolding of what matters to me the unfolding of how do i feel about this the unfolding mm-hmm. of what is the depth that i need to explore this matter uh and and allow the process allow the process really to have its way in some, in some cases, because so many of these things are not a matter of thinking. They're a matter of feeling and, and feelings are like, are like sand in the ocean. (laughs) You know, they're just like moving from here to here. And all of a sudden they showed up this, you know, this sandbar showed up here the next day, like showed up over there. You're like, where's this hat? Where's this going? And yet, you know, it all it all works together to create a beach that everybody wants to play at. And you you said um, that uh, emotion often plays a bigger role than than thought, and I I, I agree with that. There's a lot of people I think, uh, and and probably me as well, who subconsciously is like, here's what I feel, here's you know some sort of opinion I'm going to have about what I feel, and now I'm going to figure out how to back it up with information, whereas um, it's probably better for all of us to back up our our opinions with thoughts and then our our actions with uh, emotion. You know what I mean? Well, the idea I've I've heard I've heard uh, talked about like this that you know like emotions are like the are like the thermometer, uh, and and our and our function, our brain, uh, our thought processes are more like the thermostat, and. So emotions are emotions are information that we can take in, after which they need to be processed. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, it, it would it would be weird to just allow the house to be whatever temperature you want it to be. Exactly. <laughs> um, nobody nobody really wants that. Mm-hmm. To 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 generate a level of consistency, there has to be a system in place, a way of thinking, a way of a, you know, a way of regulating. That then when when the temperature changes, we're like, oh, wait a second, what actually needs to be done is and then t- take action on it rather than just being tossed and turned by emotions. And yet it's a fine line because we are emotional beings and we're designed to be emotional beings. We're designed to connect with each, each other through through s- some, you know, a significant level of emotion mm-hmm. um, and yet not be governed by it. And that's that it's, is a lifelong process to learn. It's about balance, truly. Yeah. And that's another part of Taoism that I totally skipped over um, when I was talking about it 
is a lot of it is about um, finding your unique balances and things uh, and uh, just holistically, you know, this thing matters to me, this thing doesn't, you know, in doing everything in enough moderation that it all, you know, you don't get tired of anything and you don't get, you know, bored of anything. Uh, so, yeah, I think uh, overall it all comes down to how much you can balance things out and keep your life, you know, in moderation, I guess. Yeah. Keep, yeah. I, 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 I really love the, the thought that you give to all of these things. I, I think it's remarkable. Um, and most likely, most likely result of needing to think about these things. And I, I, and I, I can see, I can see your future as a, um, in, in sort of a transformed way, right. Mm -hmm. Where, where you have a depth of thought that is beyond your years, uh, which will inf inform and impact, uh, the, the, your future endeavors, which, I mean, and, you know, whatever, whatever those are, I mean, and, and what a, what a great, what a great opportunity too, especially if you're going to go into education, um, yeah. that, and have such a significant impact on other people, you know, of all, of all the people who should be giving something a bit of thought, it would be the people who are directly impacting the future generation. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's good to focus up on how, cause the, the X forgets and the tree remembers, right? You know, you can do something and, you know, you'll never remember whatever, you know, random thing you said to a student, but they'll remember that forever. Uh, That's a great saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I guess that'll be helpful. <laughs> For sure. <laughs> Mm -hmm. Well, uh, we are, we are buttoned up the, uh, the end of our time here today. This has been mm -hmm. great. Uh, I'm, I'm so thankful that you joined me for coffee this morning. I know I noticed you weren't drinking coffee and I extend, <laughs> I, I extend, uh, forgiveness to you. I was drinking some, uh, mm -hmm. some pretty strong coffee and mm -hmm. really loving it. So thanks for indulging me in this moment. Of course. Um, but but what a great time. I really appreciate you coming on Coffee with Humans and sharing your story and having a chat with me. Uh and and yeah, certainly the th the the way you're thinking about life is um I've met many I've met many people uh who give life a whole lot less thought than that. And that's um so to your to your credit, great job. Thank you. Um however that has had to come about in your life, it's it's pretty remarkable. So well, um, any, any last words you want to leave people, uh, with, I'll give you the, I'll give you the final outro here. Oh, uh, I know. Don't, spot. <laughs> don't you trucks. Yeah. <laughs> that's the one. That's, that's the one. <laughs> that's the one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Well, uh, to all our viewers and listeners, this is coffee with humans, uh, a live candid talk show streamed internationally and also broadcast on Google, uh, Apple, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and others where strangers become friends. I just met Jacqueline about an hour ago, uh, and we've got to know each other through this call, and and you've all been invited to that. So 
Thanks so much for the joining us on the journey and we'll catch you next time. One of the things I love about Coffee with Humans are the raw conversations I get to have meeting new people just like you. If you or someone you know should be on Coffee with Humans, go to coffeewithhumans.com. Remember, the only rule is no sales calls.